Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bookswaggles. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I thought I was going to be alone. <laughs> I thought you were doing a solo. I didn't want to interrupt. Hello. No, I was just wa- Y'all know the words. And welcome. Come on. <laughs> to Book Squad Goals, the one year it's a anniversary. Pisode. 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 Um, anniversary episode. <laughs> on today's episode, we are discussing The Mothers by Britt Bennett, which was my selection. I am Kelly. Um... For our introductions today, because it is our birthday, I thought we could do a little um, make a resolution for the upcoming year of the podcast. So I'll start it off by saying that I do plan to have t-shirts become a thing. (gasps) Yes! Oh my gosh! Who can beat that? Who can beat that? As a thing. No one. Anyone? Nobody. I was more just going to be like, I'm going to make up for my past transgressions, you know? <laughs> like, Wait, what are your past transgressions? I don't know. I'm going to try to like be on time with stuff and be poor about <laughs> posting stuff. Behind the scenes, Mary is always late. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I just not. I, sometimes I'm like, what do I post today on Facebook? I don't know. And then I just don't post anything. Well, I wouldn't know because I haven't been on Facebook in five years. Five years. That's Kelly's resolution. She's going to get on Facebook one time this year. No. (laughs) I have no (laughs) desire to do that. (laughs) Uh, That was Mary who Mm. said the transgression I guess I would say my real resolution is I'm going to actually write that stupid John Green blog post. Yeah. And I'm going to write my Buffy post. That's going to happen because I finally finished watching. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Susan, what are you going to do? Hi, I'm Susan, and I want to be that person that wears their own podcast t-shirt around town. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And is just fully unashamed of it and owning it. Yeah. And people Mm -hmm. will say, what's that cool podcast? You're like, oh, that's me. Yeah. I also want the shirts to be very soft. They will be. Your resolution is you want the shirts to be soft. My resolution is I want to wear my podcast shirt and I want it to be really soft. I think we just all want shirts that are soft. This is Emily. It's unanimous. Also, my other podcast resolution for the year is to talk about my cats more. I don't know if you can. Oh, I can. (laughs) I can find a way. All right. Susan, was that your real resolution? Yeah, honestly, it was. I just wanted to feel unselfconscious about wearing the shirt around. And I think I'm going to own it. And that's my resolution. It's just like, be confident in how arrogant you are. That's a good one. Because I always yeah. feel bad when I'm like, oh, shit, I'm talking about my podcast in a group of people again. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care. I will say, one of us got married recently. It's true. It oh. wasn't me. Who was it? Who could it be? It was a P. It was a P. It was Emily. It was Emily. It was Emily. Yay. Congratulations, Emily. And also, it was awesome. It was so fun. And the book squad was all at the wedding, as you might have seen on social yeah. media. But the most surreal experience is Kelly and Susan and I were all sitting next to each other, waiting for the ceremony to begin. And behind us, I hear someone say, Oh, hey, are you Mary? Are you Susan? <laughs> Kelly? And we turn around and someone 
is like, I recognized your voices. And I felt like I was famous. But then I was like, are you Scott, the sound engineer? Yeah, <laughs> Scott, the sound engineer. Friend of the oh, podcast? That's another, that's another resolution of mine is Scott keeps telling me if we re-record um, the theme song that he'll, like, make it sound all, like, nice and soundy. I thought he was going to do a remix. Yeah! Remix! Well, but I... <laughs> oh, my gosh. We have to re-record it. DJ so, Scott! Yeah. Let's so that's it. another resolution is we're gonna we're gonna update the theme song. That is a good That's a good resolution. resolution. Yeah. New year, new new, new song, newish song, different not not different song. Same just newer but new. than the one you Okay. Mm-hmm. Just a crisper sounding same song. But Let's yeah. get in business to the mothers. Um I've been sort of liking the talk about it first, right later format. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to do that this time. Okay. Uh, but first, a Goodreads summary. My fave. As always. Um, this one is not bad. It's pretty much what it says on the back of the book. Set within a contemporary black community in Southern California, Britt Bennett's mesmerizing first novel is an emotionally perceptive story about community, love, and ambition. It begins with a secret. Mm. Quote, All good secrets have a taste before you tell them, and if we'd taken a moment to switch this one around in our mouths, we might have noticed the sourness of an unripe secret plucked too soon, stolen, and passed around before its season. It's a good one. Unquote. It is the last season of high school life for Nadia Turner, a rebellious, grief-stricken 17-year-old beauty. Mourning her own mother's recent suicide, she takes up with the local pastor's son. Luke Shepard is 21, a former football star whose injury has reduced him to waiting tables at a diner. They are young. It's not serious. But the pregnancy that results from this teen romance, spoiler, and the cover-up, and the subsequent cover-up, will have an impact that goes far beyond their youth. As Nadia hides her secret from everyone, including Aubrey, her God-fearing best friend, the years move quickly. Soon, Nadia, Luke, and Aubrey are full-fledged adults and still living in debt to the choices they made that one seaside summer, caught in a love triangle they must carefully maneuver, and dogged by the constant, nagging question, what if they had chosen differently? The possibilities of the road not taken are a relentless haunt. An entrancing lyrical pose, (laughs) prose, the mothers asks whether a what-if can be more powerful than an experience itself. If, as time passes, we must always live in servitude to the decisions of our younger selves, to the communities that have parented us, and to the decisions we make that shape our lives forever. Mm, Yeah. Bum bum. That's enticing. So, yeah, that's a pretty good summary, I would say. Um, But just a little more information on that love triangle. Basically, uh, Aubrey, who is Nadia's best friend, later marries Luke. And that's a thing. So, in case you haven't already noticed, spoilers <laughs> to follow. Um, so, I think the first thing I wanted to talk about here, because it's the first thing I noticed while reading it, and um, I think it's, like, pretty central to the book, is the voice. Um, so, the story is told in the first person plural, Um, from the perspective of the mothers of Upper Room, which is the name of the church that is at the center of this novel, um, the church that all of these characters attend, or don't attend, but are uh, encouraged to attend, in Nadia's case. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I wanted to ask you guys if you thought this was effective, because sometimes um, when people use the first person plural, it's very, like, gimmicky. (laughs) So uh, what did you guys think? Um, It felt a little bit forced to me at times, honestly. I really enjoyed the book overall, but for me, like, the sections where we get really deep into the the we voice of the mothers of the church. It, those were the moments where I was, like, kind of taken out of the story and was reminded, like, oh, yeah, someone's writing this and this is their, like, conceit. It, mm-hmm. it, it didn't really work. And I am all for funky narratives, but, like, it just – it never, like, kind of – it never felt natural to the story for me. I think that's – a totally valid argument, and I agree that it feels, like, foreign to the rest of the narrative when the mothers are speaking. But it was one of my favorite parts because it reminded me of, like, classical Greek literature with the chorus. And I, like, I want to say I think that's what this novel was going for, was the Greek chorus. I, I think definitely that's what she was going for, and I think... I was like, I see what you're trying to do, but, like, stop trying to do it. But I'm not into it. It's, like, it's obvious that it is a writing technique, I guess. Yes. But I still ended up liking it. I could see where you wouldn't like it. But I think it worked for me, too, because, like, I grew up in a very conservative church. And I was thinking the whole time I was reading it, oh, yeah, people would gossip so much. Like, these, I know exactly who these mothers are, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, it made me think about that a little bit. And for me, it worked. Yeah. I can see how it wouldn't work. I think it worked for me, too, just because, and again, it was something that, like, when we got to one of those parts, I was like, oh, it's the we again. Because it's not like that for the whole book, because it sort of, like, zeroes in on Nadia's story. She's the main character. And it's it doesn't... It's just referring to everyone in the third person, and it's not saying, like, we, 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 like, every once in a while. But then there are whole sections where they kind of – but I I liked it because it helped, I think, to, like, establish the fact that this whole story became, like, the narrative of this community. And, like, listening to them say, we knew and we always thought, it was kind of like you were watching them – form this story um together which i thought was cool so moving from the mother's voice into just like motherhood in general because probably the main theme of the book it is called the mothers there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about moms um <laughs> so like there's obviously nadia uh is the main character and at the beginning of the book she we learn that her mother recently died by suicide, um, and there she doesn't really know why. Not that anyone can ever know like exactly why, but there was no um, she w- she didn't expect it. Nobody expected it. It sort of seemed like it came out of nowhere, and so a lot of the novel and we follow Nadia through her like adolescence and into her adulthood, um, and just sort of like follow her trying to come to terms with the fact that her mom did this and understand, like, that... Try to figure out, like, how can my mom have loved me but also have done this? Mm-hmm. And, like, struggling with with that idea. 
because like so so much of the time when we have narratives about mothers, we think of like this person is mother first, you know. Um, and I thought that was interesting, like just learning the or understanding that like a person can have all these different sides to them. And I'm not just a mom. I'm also depressed or <laughs> whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of Aubrey, I'm not just a- Aubrey's mom. I'm not just a mom. Yeah. I'm also a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a horrible so, person first. Aubrey's, Aubrey's mom is sort of more like, I'm not just a mom. I'm actually not a mom at all. Yeah. I actually don't have, like, the feelings that you would think a mother would have. Right. Which is the natural instinct to protect my child. Um. <laughs> Which so what happens there is so Aubrey um comes into the book pretty early and she is like um she basically reminded me of like the way I was imagining at her her at first was similar to on Freaks and Geeks that um what's her name like Millie or whatever yeah is that her name the one with like, like the, the super long hair who like has su- the, like long straight hair mm-hmm. and she's like always wearing like a purity ring and stuff yeah. and she's very like <laughs> so like the black version of that like the black version of that FYI speaking freaks but- and geeks it's James Franco's birthday so happy birthday baby love happy you happy birthday James yeah there you go. happy birthday James Franco please be a better person yeah, yeah. try for me. Do it write, for me write more poetry James Franco this is really weird just as an aside, as I was reading the character of Aubrey, what I was picturing was, you know, the girl who plays, uh, I can't think of her name, but she's the sister in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I was picturing this character sure. being played by her oh, for Leticia, some reason. right? Yeah, I was like, that's who I picture as this role for some reason. I don't know oh, why. Interesting. So that the whole time I, I could see that the whole time I was reading, I was picturing her like it was funny because like I didn't really cast anybody else, but yeah. Aubrey, I was like, this is who I see. There's just something about her look that I was like, I feel like that's what Aubrey looks like. I don't know. That actress is actually very religious. If you ever go on her Twitter, oh, bam. she's always tweeting like, that, "God loves you." That's my, stuff. I must have been feeling that secretly. You must have. I was kind of picturing, which this isn't right because it's confirmed that Nadia is not mixed, even though someone asks her if she is. But I was picturing like a Zoe Kravitz type. Mm, me too. For her, <laughs> you were too. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've but I think it's just because she's like darker skin than that. Because like, really, the reason people think she's mixed is because she has light eyes. Yeah, but I was. Ju- I mean, not exactly the way she, her exact like skin tone and stuff, but just like her type mm-hmm. as far as like because it's like oh she's rebellious and like just like her style and like I don't know that's kind of what I was picturing anyway but I know this is a tangent I just figured since we were talking about Aubrey I'd be like by the way I cast her in my fake movie but Aubrey uh shows up and she is kind of like new to town she just moved here um and she moved because as it turns out her stepfather was routinely raping her and and her mom wouldn't leave yeah when she told her mom her mom like refused to believe her and so eventually she way to go mom yeah thanks for the support (laughs) so she left and moved in with her sister and her sister's girlfriend which another interesting thing in this in this story and especially in the case of aubrey is she sort of represents like 
a type of religious person who isn't a total asshole, mm-hmm, you know? Right. Not that, and I'm not saying that religious people are always assholes, but when you have a... But it's a stereotype. Yeah, and when you have a super... Like, it's a stereotype. Also, Luke's mom is kind of a total asshole, I felt. Yeah, so, but she's not even an asshole in the religious way. She's just an asshole. An asshole she also way. paid for this abortion to happen, so it's not like she's all holier than thou type of asshole which is the type of yeah but she she uses her religion to be like a self-righteous asshole. that's true right exactly which i think is like the hallmark of that like uh stereotypical religious asshole character where it's like <laughs> i i am holier than thou when it suits mm-hmm. me but when it suits me to pay for an abortion so that my son isn't stuck with this whore <laughs> for the rest of his life <laughs> Then I will shell Mabel, out that hey. $600. Sorry, sorry. So. Hey. That's my imitation Roger. of Maple. <laughs> oh my god. That's sad. What are those? That's gotta stay in the episode. That's Roger. He was doing a stretch at the same time as he was. Roger says, Roger, uh, how hey. dare you, because I was told we were going to do Isle of Dogs last week, and that I was going to get to guest star, and that didn't happen. He's pissed. He's pissed. <laughs> Um, Aubrey, so, like, there's all sorts of mother issues, like, Nadia, Nadia could have been a mother and chose not to be, they interact with Luke's mother, Mm -hmm. who's awful, Aubrey's mother is awful, Aubrey wants to be a mother later in the novel, and she has problems getting pregnant, it's not easy for Mm -hmm. her, and, like, eventually find, she finds out about Nadia's abortion and her relationship with Luke. It's a mess, but it all revolves around, like, being a mother and being a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This book was hard for me to read, in part because of all the themes of motherhood. And it's hard for me not to compare this to No One Is Coming to Save mm-hmm. Us, because they both deal with, like, similar themes. And... I hurt for these characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I hurt for Aubrey when she wanted to be a mother so bad and it just wasn't working out for her. And she was thinking, like, this is probably because Luke got someone pregnant and then that person had an abortion. Like, he used up his chance. Yeah. To have a child. Or when she was thinking, like, she couldn't have a child because of her getting raped. Yeah. When she was a kid. Like, it's heartbreaking. But also I was feeling for Aubrey because, like... I don't know. I don't have a situation, like, as extreme as her, but, like, I've had issues with my mom before and, Mm -hmm. like, continue to have issues with my mom and we're not, like, super close and don't have that relationship, whereas I am close with my stepmom and have a good relationship with her. But it's still, like, I think a lot about, like, what happens when you're a mother and you don't want to be. Yeah. And it's not always a choice for some people to not be one especially when you're in a religious community like this like this this so the fact that nadia gets an abortion pretty much to to everyone else in the community it's almost like unthinkable Mm -hmm. that this would happen um and you get the idea that like most girls in this community in that situation wouldn't have done that but nadia is very different from the other girls in her community she's a lot more ambitious than them she's got plans to go to law school and she's thinking about this more as like a this is not 
the right time for me to be pregnant and this is getting in my way and this isn't what I want right now. Whereas I, I think like a lot of girls, like probably Aubrey in this situation would just have a baby. Be like, well, yeah. this is what I'm doing. I was planning on just getting married and staying here forever anyway. So yeah. why not now? Even the mothers say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. we would have just gone away and had the baby and come back. Right. Or like Nadia's mother, which she spends a lot of the novel thinking like, yeah, if, I was never born, would my mom still be alive? Like, yeah. would she have done this? And whether or not it's, like, she, and she never, I mean, it doesn't seem like she's ever, like, this is my fault, but she's, like, you know, her, her having me contributed to her having a life that didn't necessarily make her as happy as the one that I have would. And so she's mm-hmm. also thinking when she goes, you know, when she's at her graduation, she's thinking, like, from college she's like you know my mom never got to have this day because of me or right stuff like that um and that's really sad too i thought that the way that this book dealt with grief was really nicely handled because like there there is a lot of i I mean like throughout this book i think another big thing is guilt um and Mm -hmm. i'm sure we'll talk about that a lot but i think one of the things that Brit Bennett really drives home is like the guilt that comes with grieving someone and the fact that like, you know, she's trying to live her life and do what she thinks will be best for her. But like in the back of her mind, she's constantly thinking like, it it doesn't feel right to be doing this knowing that my mother didn't get a chance to do this or my mother's not here for me while I'm doing this and she doesn't get to see this. Um, and, and just the whole I think there's even a part in it, which I can't remember exactly how it's said now, but there's a part in it where, you know, she talks about how, like, um, part of, like, grieving and dealing with the loss of someone is thinking about, like, all the possible ways that it might not have happened. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, it's it's kind of fucked up when, you when like, the number one way you think, like, this would not have happened if I had not been born – yeah. Um, but yeah, she just like, she has a lot of guilt surrounding a lot of things. But one of the big things is there's a lot of guilt mixed in with her grief. And I think her father has that problem too, mm-hmm. um, which we don't see as directly because we're not getting the story through him. But like, we kind of see like through the ways that he grieves that yeah. the guilt that's kind of like wrapped up in that as well. Yeah. And we see a lot more of him later and more of her guilt related to him and her mom when later on in the novel she comes back home because he is like exercising and drops like a weight on himself the ultimate dad injury i mean (laughs) jesus christ i'm sorry to use the lord's name of in vain in this like very (laughs) religious episode but like (laughs) thank god he did not die that way because what an embarrassing way to die I know. By, like, dropping a weight <laughs> on your chest. It also it also is, like, the most dude thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to throw sweet Benjamin under the bus. Oh. Emily's husband. <laughs> but I just remember Emily saying one day, Ben hurt himself getting out of the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he got I mean, out of the car weird and pulled a muscle. Ben is way too young to be hurting himself getting out of the car. <laughs> Look, he pulled a muscle getting into the car. He's pulled a muscle cleaning the bathtub. 
I mean, that boy just needs to relax. I mean, I guess I can't say anything because the other day I woke up and said, my ankle hurts. I think I slept weird. <laughs> I slept weird yeah. on my ankle. <laughs> like, is that what getting old means? <laughs> I sprained my, my ankle sleeping. Uh, yeah, oh Mary, you're on a fast spiral to 30. Let me tell you, you'll wake up and your ears will hurt. <laughs> It'll be like, what? What did I do? The other day, that's a real thing that happened to in me. Georgia. I went on a nature trail and was wearing sh- like non or shoes that were not non slip. Uh oh! And I like slipped on some meal kneels. Why did I say that? Leaves. <laughs> and I. <laughs> that's not <laughs> the same word at all. Do not cut that out. Do not cut that out. Anyway, I fell and then I like hit my leg somehow and I, it didn't hurt at the time. But then yesterday when I woke up, my thigh hurt so bad. And now it's like whenever I'm climbing downstairs, I have to do this weird like bunny hop situation because it hurts too much to put all of my weight on one leg. And that would have also been embarrassing if any of us had died from those things. Yeah, yeah that's true. The guilt. <laughs> Um, is wrapped up in, you know, so Nadia leaves for college and she barely ever comes home because she feels like she has a really strained relationship with her father, just always, like even before her mom's death, I think she, she had a hard time getting close to her dad because he's sort of a, a super like private person and he's very, um, inside of himself sort of. And anyway, once he gets injured and she comes home, she just is like, torn apart by her guilt for being gone for so long and so afraid that he's going to die and she's going to lose him and she's going to have spent all this time like avoiding being near him um and so she ends up staying at home to take care of him for much longer than she had planned to um but that's just like another way that i i i also appreciate the way that Mm -hmm grief is written in this book because it's like it follows you like all through your life you know and like none of these characters like have something happen to them that doesn't impact them for the rest of their lives like there are consequences and repercussions for actions and feelings and Mm -hmm. events and all of those things like make these characters deeper as they get older um and I, th- I just feel like all the characters are really well-written and really well-developed and sympathetic, um, a lot of them are, anyway. Even Luke, who is the type of character who I could hate and sort of do hate, but also, like, feel for in some situations. Oh, I didn't hate him at all. Really? I mean... Not even when he didn't pick <laughs> really? her up from the abortion clinic? I didn't hate him because I felt that like... Was I mean, I, that was terrible. It was terrible. That was the worst yeah. thing he did. That is Don't awful. get me wrong. That was terrible. He gets... But the more you get to understand him, I, I feel like he makes a lot of sense. I mean, he was a teenager. He no, makes he sense. He was it in his very early good, 20s when that happened. He panicked. I'm not saying it's fine that you did that. It's like a really, really awful right. thing to do. Yeah. But the more you get to know him and good lord his mother <laughs> you sort of understand some shit it's about like him it doesn't yeah. excuse that transgression but i also think if i was like an early 20s dude who got a high schooler pregnant yeah i also would be scared and even more scared because of being a pastor's son and being like so in the public eye and so watch that doesn't excuse it it's still awful well and there was also i think it haunts him a big part of him that was like i don't want this 
I think that's... I mean, I think that was the most sympathetic thing about it, was realizing, like, oh, he kind of felt betrayed that she made this decision and didn't even consider keeping it. Right. Yeah, which isn't fair for him to feel, but also is something that people feel. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. It's a true feeling. But I think... We get a section, like, in the middle where it's really just all about his life after Nadia leaves, and that's when I think you start to understand what was happening in his head when he did that. And then also, like, <laughs> I felt awful for what happened to him in oh that God. part of the book. Like, <laughs> when he gets that's beat up. horrible. Yeah. For trying to be friends I with mean, a woman. I <laughs> mean, not just beat up, like, almost left for yeah. dead. Like, well, yeah, and they stomp on his leg that they know a, is injured. a friendship yeah. with someone's wife. Exactly, oh. yeah. Which takes care of the, like, the yeah. football so, like, forever. Why are you trying to play football um, again? Let it go. Well, he was trying to play soccer, wasn't he? <laughs> well, why are you trying to play a sport? So what happened? Let's let's explain this for anyone who hasn't read it, which is that don't blame it on the sports, Luke, Mary. Uh, got was a football player in high school and had had a college scholarship in college. And then while he was in college, was it in college or was it in high school that he got injured? I think in it was college. S- college. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I think he was only like a semester or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't play very long, but he got yeah. that. But I think it was college yeah, it was because college. he's 21 when the book starts. Yeah. 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 What is so his, age? Yeah, because then his scholarship got pulled. Yeah. Age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> yes. So. Except when you're in college and you're trying to play football. Or sleep with. Yes. A yeah, in which case woman. it matters. <laughs> you know, or when you're R. Kelly trying to marry a 15-year-old. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's when age is more than a number. Um. Anyway, he so Luke has this injury and he basically is going to, you know, not be really able to play sports for a very long time. So he goes back home and he's working at a restaurant and living with his parents again. And that's when him and Nadia sort of like hook up because he's like he was a couple years older than her in school. Mm -hmm. And um, they like didn't really know each other before, but they start messing around and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, after it's her senior year of school when this is happening this summer. Um, before she goes to college. So she goes off to college, and after she leaves, he's trying to, like, find ways to fill this hole in his life that she has left because she doesn't even know this and assumes that he doesn't give a fuck about her, and that's why he... Because why would you leave someone at an abortion clinic if you gave a fuck about them? But um, she's... So she goes and tries to forget him, and he, like, is just fixated on her and um, ends up, like, trying to get into this, like, community soccer league or something with these dudes. And... Which is dumb. And I, which is, I don't know. Which is It's dumb. not dumb to no, play sports I think as an adult, but it's dumb to do it not for fun, but to, like, prove yourself to yourself. I don't know. Well, but well, I, I think, think he like, was also searching for... a lot of people for... who play sports, especially when you're playing at the level where you're going to college to play and you're on scholarship, like, that was such a huge part That's of his true. identity that he doesn't really know, like what he is outside of that and i think like for him like even like playing in a community league where he's not getting paid it made him feel like he had more of a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. you know like and i can understand that like because i don't know like i used to do theater and sometimes i think like man i really wish i could just like get back into it because like it was so fun and you know yeah. like when you when you used to be involved in things like that you can like miss it and think like oh yeah like, yeah i really like i'm not theater is not sports. gonna kill me the yeah. way football would 
But I mean, but also and like the sense of community. Unless she pisses off the wrong people, and then they're like, yeah, some some theater group is gonna come beat me up. (laughs) No, they'll just have like a dance fight with you, like or like poison you. It'll be real West Side Shakespearean style. No theater people, theater people (laughs) would poison you. But anyway, I think he was searching for a sense of community, and he had made friends with some of these people, and one of them is married and Luke sort of like starts becoming friends with this guy's wife. She's like older than him. And like, it is a pretty innocent situation. Nothing ever happens between them except for one time she She kisses kisses the scar on his leg that he shows her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but she's much older than him and it's pretty clear that like nothing really is going to happen between them. And they're just sort of like, developing a friendship and and she's kind of like almost like an older sister to him in some way um and they're like genuinely interested in each other's lives so then he is walking home one day and the group of guys who he's supposedly friends with like approaches him and just beats the shit out of him because they they had a suspicion that he was like getting too close to this guy's okay. wife. Can I say how I read that scene? Because yes. I read it a little bit differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when she's kissing his boo-boo, he's like in a chair and she like kneels down to do it. And her like one of the kids walks in on them at oh. that moment and she like jumps up. So the yeah. way I read it is that the kid reported what he saw and like if you don't have the context for that, if you see mm-hmm. him like sitting in a chair and her like <laughs> kneeling down in his lap area, you might interpret that differently. Way. Something completely different. Yeah. So that's how I read that. Not that that means, like, you should beat someone to death. Yeah. But I, I think that the kids You should at sort least have reported. a firm talk. Yeah. Okay. I think a firm talk was in order, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, that makes slightly more sense, but... They step on his wounded leg that has just, like, healed enough for him to be able to play in, like, a community soccer league. They, like, Mm -hmm. basically destroy it. And he ends up having to go to physical therapy for months and, like, live in a physical therapy center. Like, he, like, goes to rehab, basically. And he... It was was good for him. Yeah. He was able to be reflective. He really did him a favor. Right? What? No. I well, said they I really mean, just did him a favor. Even though, like, I'm kind of joking saying it was good for him, but it was good for him. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Kelly, about how, like, people's choices and the consequences from those choices sort of, like, continue throughout the novel. Like, if he hadn't gotten hurt in high school and hadn't had to and hadn't played in that soccer league and hadn't gotten mm-hmm. beaten up and hadn't had to live in a rehab center, would he ever have, like, been in a place to meet Audrey and marry her? Yeah. If he hadn't done that, if he hadn't married Audrey, Aubrey. would he have been... <laughs> Aubrey. God. Would he have been in a position... Would he have been in a position to, like, meet Nadia again and, like, rekindle that relationship? Yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's a whole novel of what ifs mm-hmm. and you're constantly thinking... About the what ifs, because you're thinking, what if Nadia had had the baby? Mm-hmm. Baby. 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 Mr. Had baby. Because she thinks about it as baby. I kind of liked that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. My favorite part was when she imagined baby on an airplane helping the lady get mm-hmm. her bags up. Aww. I was like, aww. So sad. It was very sad. I definitely felt yeah. 
a lot of things reading this. It was like, yeah, like the first time in a little while that I felt like these characters were people who I actually cared about and didn't want hurt to have. Like towards the end when everything blows up in everyone's face and <laughs> like Aubrey and Nadia are fighting and Nadia is like, st- like chasing the car and like trying like knocking on the window like please please talk to me please talk to me and she won't i was like oh yeah. like the pain of like having your best friend be mad at you like that and like yeah i to me that was like the real tragedy of the book as i was reading mm-hmm. it the thing that i latched onto the most was like it sucks that this friendship yeah. is being torn apart because of secrets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like if they had just been honest with each other from the beginning, I don't know. I feel like, and again, this is a lot of like what ifs, but it's just like the real tragedy to me is that that friendship deteriorated because it feels like it was so important to both it of them. It was. And honestly, I think if Nadia had talked to Aubrey about her abortion and about being with Luke before Aubrey even got together with exactly. Luke, then I don't exactly. think she ever would have had that like affair with him later on because i think Mm -hmm. there wouldn't because they already had secrets to build up on top of you know right Right. exactly and i love how there's never this like big moment of discovery it's just like aubrey's not an idiot (laughs) (laughs) she can like the moment where she sees them talking on the bed together she's like in her head she's like i can tell that there's intimacy there you know, like and she not, starts putting it together, right? Like they're not doing anything wrong, but like you don't sit on a bed with someone like that and talk to them like that if you haven't like yeah shared something. So I I thought that that like was really nicely done, like a baby. What's that? Like a baby? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um. So we've hopped around a little bit. Sorry. On some things. Oh no, it's good. Oh, it's good to have a naturally flowing conversation. Before we even started recording, I was like, "This book is sad. It's good, but it's sad. I want to open my present." <laughs> this for me though wasn't as sad as the last one that we read. Like that one just yeah. felt just so rough. But I didn't care about anyone. I just really felt for mom to be in that the last book. Through. I did, and I'm not going to go into that again with you. But I, no, I'm in this one. I cared about stuff that I didn't think I would care about. But, like, you think I'm joking. I'm really not. I think mom-to-be needs a friend. And I'm ready to be that friend. Okay, let's just quickly mention that there is a, a part in this book. A brief part. Where she, Aubrey is having fertility issues and she briefly goes online <laughs> and goes to one of these mommy forums. And there, she's like, people with usernames like mom to be mommy and i was to like be. oh my god i read that and thought like clearly mom to be has been shamed off the board and yeah. has had to change her name but it's so and has close. popped back on she's like nobody will know or she's on multiple <laughs> boards just oh yeah variations mother to be mama to be yeah matron <laughs> to mama yeah to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i about died when i saw that i was like what that's crazy i was i freaked out a little bit because i was like are we about to get into a whole plot line like this did you have a moment where you were like then it quickly in the same universe i did (laughs) 
like you thought that we were going to see what's her face on those forums. Yeah, like her name anymore. That's how well that book stayed with me. Ava. 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 God damn it. I did remember Mary Washington as Ava. Oh, that's right. But I remember most of characters' names. So it would have been what's her face from Black Panther (laughs) and Carrie Washington talking online. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then some random person from the Midwest named Mom to Be. She's probably white. Who's tied this whole universe it. together? Yeah, I was gonna say who's probably yeah. white. I will admit that yeah. she seems white. <laughs> oh, Mom to Be is super white. That she's like from Iowa. Oh yeah, there ain't nobody black in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not true. We're gonna get a letter Don't from Iowa now. <laughs> Hi, I'm a black person in Iowa. A letter, How a snail you? mail I would letter. be thrilled Not if there email. was a black person in Iowa actually listening to us. I'd be thrilled if anyone in Iowa was listening to us. <laughs> if you're a black person is from Iowa currently listening to this, please write in and tell us your story. <laughs> your please. Story. Tell us no, your for story. real. Why for are real. you listening to us? <laughs> Why are you in Iowa? Yeah, get out, man. How did you get there? <laughs> get out. Were you born there? Did you get a good job? Oh what happened? Um, okay. Are you in the writer's workshop? <laughs> Are you I'm done. Mom to be? Yes. <laughs> no, because mom to be is white. Right. Yeah, right. Got it. Got it. Um anyway. Anyway. So <laughs> how do we feel? I wanted to ask you guys how we feel about Nadia, because she is our main character and um she gets treated pretty cruelly by a lot of the narration. Because these mothers hate her. Yeah. Um, which they make clear from the beginning. They're, it, it's like the definition of like, oh, bless her heart type of mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting how they resent specifically her ambition. Yeah. Which I kind of talked about a little bit earlier. But like, you know, they pretty much are directly like, why can't you just yeah. like be happy with settling down with a husband and having babies? Like, why do you have to want to like go to Paris and like be smart and like, <laughs> yeah, it it like becomes sort of like a joke where they're like, she's off in fucking Russia yeah. somewhere. Like, they don't know the difference between Paris and Russia. <laughs> yeah, like because anywhere that's not there seems so remote. Exactly, I felt that, y'all. I felt that really. Like, yeah, and not that I'm Nadia or anything. Have you been <laughs> to Russia? Like, I've been but to Russia. I get. I haven't. Saint Petersburg. What? Was but it? I get. I I feel that attitude sometimes coming from where you grew up. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, in a way that is like it seems like it's meant to make me feel guilty for leaving or something, right? You know, and I know people probably don't mean it in that way, but it sounds a lot like the type of yeah language used by the mothers when they they do that. And it's sad. But I love Nadia in general because um, just as a character, I thought I really started to care about things that I had no context for either. Like, yeah, I related to that part. However, the part that broke my heart the most was were the parts um, where she was talking about baby and just imagining mm-hmm. what this baby would have been. Even though at the time she totally did not want this baby at all, right. was knew she wanted an abortion and in – in that same situation as like a 17, 18 year old, I probably would have done the exact same thing and not wanted it. And I've also like never had a single maternal instinct in my entire life except <laughs> for these dogs. And uh, I don't know if that counts, but it counts. It definitely you do, counts. You would, you yeah. would probably wonder oh, yeah. forever, yeah. especially if you're running into the dad and like 
sort of seeing what you feel like your kid would have been like Mm -hmm. and imagining things that you would have done together. And yeah, just those little moments, like putting the, putting the luggage away for someone like that was really heartbreaking, even though at the time, you know, she didn't want that baby at all. And she still doesn't want it. And I mean, like at the time (laughs) she even said, like, I'm not going to feel sad about like a bunch of cells. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I'm very staunchly pro-choice. Right. But I also understand that on a personal level, mm-hmm. that's a really hard yeah. choice to make. Yeah. And uh, just because you should be able to make that choice doesn't mean that choice is easy or that it's a choice that ever feels like 100% good. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people feel great about it, but I don't I don't think I would. Feminist feminist 101. <laughs> you can be pro-choice and think you wouldn't want to get an abortion personally. Right. Yeah. You can be pro-choice. That's why it's called choice and not yes, pro Yes. You can be pro-choice okay. and think it is a hard choice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what's great about this novel, honestly, is it illustrates what a hard choice it is. And I don't think... I don't know that Nadia ever thinks blatantly, this was the I wrong shouldn't choice. have had the yeah. abortion. I shouldn't have done yeah. it. But she definitely thinks, what if? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She definitely knows that there is this other version of her life where this baby lived and became a person. And that's kind of like a hard thing to live yeah. with. A parallel If this universe. were Fringe and there was an <laughs> alternate universe... There could be a baby. I think it was hard for her, too, because she really genuinely had feelings for Luke. And when things ended with him, she continued to have feelings for her. And so she wasn't just imagining her life with this child, but also her life with him. Yes. And, like, how, you know, because he was, like, her, you know, fantasy dude. Right. And I, I also found it really, like, sad in those parts where she was just, like, really missing him. And, and I liked that she could be experiencing this, like, intense grief over her mother and this, like, smaller grief over losing her relationship with him simultaneously. I really felt those moments. Because, like, you know what it's like to be a teenager in love. <laughs> like, it's yeah, so... It's the end of the fucking world, basically. <laughs> yeah. I thankfully avoided that. <laughs> yeah, yes. I hated everyone in high school. <laughs> My, I was not equipped to feel those feelings. No, no, oh God, I was feeling. I didn't. I, was, I, didn't I, was, I felt everyone, everything so making much. Making out in the hallways, just willy nilly. Oh, I just so I, have, I have a <laughs> so very vivid memory of like my best friend in high school was a guy, and at one point I felt like, well, I should probably like fall in love with him and we should get <laughs> married, right? Because that's what happens in movies. And so one day we were alone, and I was like, I like you, and he was like, Yeah, I don't feel like that, and I was like. Like, you know, you're right. And we just never talked about it. <laughs> and I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel sad about it. it just like, I had a moment good. like that where, a, like, a friend and I kissed because it was like, you know, this is probably what you should do now because you should fall in love and whatever. And then we were both kind of yeah. like, all right, well, and let's just go back in time five minutes and never talk about that again. Just well, to this day, it has never been acknowledged since the age of thirteen. Probably because of my magic makeout skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, For those of you who don't know, and when someone makes out with Emily, skills. they refuse to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and now they'll forever only be directed at Ben. So 
Yeah. The rest of you are missing out. I would tell you, I would say you should teach me these skills, but I don't really know how one teaches that. Yeah, you you have, you to, have kiss. to kiss. <laughs> kiss. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think the secret, everyone listening, I'm about to tell you the secret of magic makeout skills. All right, I'm ready. The secret, <gasps> no, it's not really that big of a secret. I, I honestly think like it's all about compatibility and like it's never just like one person is awesome at kissing. It's like you guys are awesome together mm-hmm. because it just feels right. And like when you're kissing the right person, it's just gonna work. And when it's the wrong person, it's gonna be weird. And it can be super weird. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true, because even though, like, I'm an awkward person in general, it's like, if both of us are saying, like, that was nice, that was good, <laughs> then it was, it was probably good. Yeah, well, you also just have to pay attention to what the other person responds to. Right, it's like a dance, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it is like a dance. For, for a dance to be good, you guys both have to be kind of, like, in sync. I'm not good at and dancing And this is our makeout either. lesson for today. This was makeout lesson break, <laughs> makeout lesson corner. If you have any other love advice that you need... <laughs> Yes. Please write to us. <laughs> Subject Apparently line, we magic makeout skills, question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah. <laughs> Subject I feel like we advice. should do a clickbait yeah. thing. Like, you won't believe this one tip. <laughs> this incredible makeout tip that changed one girl's life. And then it's just like, make out with the right person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weird. Um, I don't, you probably don't want to include this when you, you know, go through and edit nope, later. I'm but as a it. person who's newly like single and stuff i might be making out with new people soon mm-hmm. and i will update you know the listeners about that <laughs> all right yeah. i'll let you know what's magic and what's not you guys what's magic i'm always magic. making out with new people all the time well join me we'll have a we'll do mini episodes make out episodes are you asking me to make out with you uh, make out episodes. i'm demanding it is it happening here i knew it um, Everyone Mary, is just really listening leave? to this podcast yeah. for the slow burning romance that is uh, developing. And Emily's, is ever, <laughs> Emily's <laughs> ep- ongoing effort to like stop that from happening. Well, I just yeah. here's the thing: I'm a very jealous person, and I want everyone to love me best. So if you guys are making out, that means you love each other more than you love me. That's not true. Well, we've never made out with you, and if we had, we'd probably only make out with you forever because you're magic, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, I've told you many times that I love you <laughs> in a totally sexual way <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay um <laughs> anyway about this book guys we're just like yeah. feeling the love today because it's our birthday so we're sorry yeah i'm totally it's leaving true. all of that in <laughs> birthday sex um So does anyone have anything else to say about Nadia? Okay. I was just going to say with Nadia and the abortion situation that I thought Britt Bennett really deftly handled writing about how you can feel so guilty about a thing that you knew was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And not just in her situation, but kind of throughout the novel with all the what ifs and feeling that guilt, even though she knows she's taken the path that she really wanted to take. That's all. And I think that's okay. what's really interesting about all the things that kind of transpire in this novel is like, there's a lot of questioning, like, oh, if we had done something differently, this wouldn't have happened. And I think like the synopsis that we read earlier talks about mistakes. But I think like the way that the 
book plays out. I wouldn't say it's predictable, but a lot of it seems like, well, this was inevitable and this is kind of the way that like right. it had to happen. So like even though th- there were a lot of different ways it could have happened, I don't feel like anything was necessarily like a big giant mistake. A lot of it was just like, well, I can see why that happened that way. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Totes. Oh, thanks for the validation. Totes. Um okay, so I have one last question for you guys. I wanted to know um, what your interpretation of what your ter- interpretation is of the last line in this book. Should we? Wait, I was thinking maybe we should just read that. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it if you want. That would be great. Okay, give us the context, Kelly, and then let's talk about it. All right, the context is we're back in the mother's um, voice, and they are talking about uh, how things played out. They, it's years later, and they're saying that they are pretty sure that they, someone saw Nadia in town, even though she had gone back and, uh, gotten her degree and blah, 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 but, uh, they were like, we think we saw her. Um, and so this is the last paragraph. Then she disappeared around the corner, and as quickly as we'd seen her, she was gone. We will never know why she returned, but we still think about her. We still see the span of her life unspooling in colorful threads, and we chase it, wrapping it around our hands as more tumbles out. She's her mother's age now. Double her age. Our age. You're our mother. We're climbing inside of you. <gasps> and that's I it. I got chill. I did too. Eek. I know. When I read that, I was like, ah. <laughs> it, like, freaked me out and made me feel really good. But then I was like, but what does it mean? Something about we're climbing inside you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it makes me think of, um, you know, people say you become your mother. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I love you, know, you, you mom, get older, but... you become your parents. <laughs> oh, I just used the Lord's name in vain again. No! <laughs> I just feel like I have to because this is very Jesus-y. I think it's like you become your mother. Like, Nadia, perhaps one day, will become one of the mothers. And it's like we're crawling inside you. Like, we're... You're becoming us. Becoming you. We're in your skin. Yeah. I really think it's ambiguous, though. I also think, I think it's that, but I also think it's, like, talking about, like, the cyclical nature of life. Mm-hmm. Ah, Cue the Lion King. It's the cycle of life, and it rules also, the sun <coughs> through despair. <coughs> <It's> happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, also what? Also the cyclical nature of motherhood. Mm. Yeah. What? Ooh. Good job, Susan. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to elaborate. I'm just going to let you think that was a cyclical because you know yeah. cycle like circle, <laughs> and eggs are shaped and like, like circles. Also, menstrual cycle like yeah. when you're pregnant, you don't have one. Oh, I was thinking about eggs and the shape of them. We're just doing word association now. No, but I mean, there's. <laughs> So there are two motherless girls in the novel. Yes. And, then and they sort of both become of them each other's mothers. become mothers in their own way, and they're kind of each other's mother. And then there's Luke's mother, who, who ends a pregnancy, sort of, for someone. Luke begins two pregnancies, but going on. Luke gets pregnant. And it's kind of interesting, too, that Luke <laughs> has a little girl. Mm-hmm. Which is continuing the cycle of motherhood, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Does anyone have any yeah. other comments before we get into our? <laughs> I'm not sure. About Does anyone have anything actual? Like an actual? <laughs> no. All of the yeah. look. No. The Luke having a daughter thing was real. That was yeah, real. No, it was okay. good. That was real. 
Because, like, she's going to grow up and become one of the mothers. Yeah, because she's going to also have the influence of her grandmother in her life. Uh, Exactly. It seems like a writer thing to do, though. Like, to have this ambiguous, sort of Mm -hmm. creepy, haunting ending. Yeah. Like, I feel i and often when i i was talking about this yesterday like i feel like when people do stuff like this they sit back from their computer and they say that was clever yeah and they feel good about it but it, you know what it worked. it worked like and I'm i think into it. that's the thing about sometimes this works. book is that yeah. even as i could recognize what it was doing i was like this is working i on just me. think that a last <laughs> like, line like that is a capital l literature move mm-hmm. and like having but you know what? I'm okay it worked, with it. Though. That was a that was the last line of a fucking poem. That was like yeah. A Can killer I use poem that line? Time. You know, I'm going to um, use that line in the poem I write today for National Poetry Month. <laughs> Good. You might as well, honestly. I look, Mary. I'm also going to use that line. Yes, We're going to yes, have competition. Yes, yes, let me write. I don't need to because I have it in my book. I just wanted to read a little passage that okay, do it. I felt like may be good to end on. Move your, Please I mean, do. open your scripture to page what? Page 115. 150? <laughs> 15. 15. 115. One, one, early, one. early one. Early. Okay, I'm here. This is before she's going to study abroad. Nadia. This would be her life, accomplishing the things her mother had never done. She never celebrated this, unlike her friends who were proud to be the first in their family to go to college or the first to earn a prestigious internship. How could she be proud of lapping her mother when she had been the one to slow her down in the first place? Okay. Mine is on page 22. Early. Which is <laughs> early. Also in the mom, mother's uh, Is this voice, about eight shit men? Because it's my favorite thing in this whole novel. What? When she talks about eight shit men. Um... <laughs> no, but that's oh, also man. really good. But it is about men. <laughs> okay. Um, Who are canceled still. Yeah. So she <laughs> says, they say, we would have told her that altogether we got centuries on her. If we laid all our lives toes to heel, we were born before the Depression, the Civil War, even America itself. In all that living, we have known men. Oh, girl, we have known little bit love. That little bit of honey left in an empty jar that traps the sweetness in your mouth long enough to mask your hunger. We have run our tongues over teeth to savor that last little bit as long as we could, and in all our living, nothing has starved us more. Uh, Damn. So good. And that's why I gave it four stars. This is Susan. I also gave it four stars. This is Emily. I also gave it four stars. Guess what, bitches? What? I gave it five stars. <gasps> yes! The coveted five stars. This is my Kelly. only five star rating ever. Um, I just want to say, as it is our birthday, I'm really pleased that on our birthday we read a book that we all really like. I am I too. Know. Yeah. Yay. Me too. Also, it's because I didn't pick it. So. Shout out to Emily because this actually was her suggestion, and I was like, shout out. That sounds good, guys. I just want to say shout out to Book Riot because I got the suggestion. From um, Book Riot, I have to say, writing for Book Riot has been a huge, like, just, well, it depends on how you want to look at it. It's been kind of terrible for my TBR list because suddenly I have all these <laughs> You're books always I getting new books. Yeah. But, like, I'm always hearing about all of these great books. And this is one of those books that, like, everyone on Book Riot was talking about. And I was like, it sounds so good. And the cover is so cute. It's so it cute. It is a very pretty this cover. also made a lot of end-of-year best cover design lists. 
Um, Which is really why Kelly picked it. Yeah. So Emily's holding it up, but as this is a podcast, no yeah, one can see can that see shit. So go Google on our Instagram. It. Go on our Instagram. You can see pics. It's of all it. over our beautiful Instagram. botanical garden pics and a picture. You're of welcome. It with a stuffed version. Of I sadness. brought it to a garden for you. Yeah, because sometimes when I'm in my office and I'm feeling extra sad because my students make me sad sometimes, I just hug my little sadness doll. It doesn't help, but at least I have something to hug. <laughs> Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> Guys, I added something into the doc. Just one listener feedback thing. We only have one. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Fine. Do you want me okay, to Okay, we have it? one listener feedback. Just one. Okay, this is um, Yitzhak from Hattiesburg MS. Um, I just want to shout out to Yitzhak because he's actually my friend from Cycle Bar. Ooh. What up, Yitzhak? We do Cycle Bar together. Hey, Yitzhak. Yeah. So um, this is um, in response to our Ready Player One podcast. Um, Yitzhak, like us, has also read the book. So he's kind of like talking about it as like from the perspective of someone who has read the book and then saw the movie. So Yitzhak says, the problem with the movie adaptation Parzival is the loss of context for how hard he worked to develop his holiday knowledge and skill at retro gaming that made solving puzzles so easy and makes movie Parzival just seem lucky. The character deaths happened so fast that they meant nothing. The hatred between Gunters and the Sixers wasn't well established for people to have real motivation to lose their entire livelihood at the final battle. And I can't find a reason for Artemis to fall in love with Parzival. <laughs> Same. Same, dude. But I imagine it was a fun movie to watch for someone unfamiliar with the book because it took all the action scenes and cut out the geekery to make for a playful video game movie filled with nostalgia. They just don't know what they are missing. But the nostalgia hit me hard when they replaced Ultraman with Gundam. I almost jumped out of my seat with excitement. I used to watch Gundam with my brothers all the time. So if it hit the right nostalgia buttons for viewers, it it would be an excellent experience. Um, so... I definitely agree with the, like, nostalgia button thing, and I kind of mentioned this in the podcast. Like, I think it was able to hit more people's nostalgia buttons than Mm -hmm. the book does, just because it's able to fill out the world a little bit more. So, like, rather than just seeing the things that Halliday is interested in, we're able to kind of, like, see all the things in the world that people are experiencing. So, like, Gundam, for instance, is not, like, a Halliday thing, I don't think. Akira. Right. Mm -hmm. That's Kanada's bike from Akira. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that those little, like, additions to the world, like, kind of filling out the world, were pro- it was probably, like, one of the more interesting things about the movie to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were able to pack in a lot of visual references just in the background, which works well. Um, yeah. With, doesn't but, like, make it seem I, like a list, <laughs> which is how it seems I, sometimes in the book. I totally agree that, like, I have don't understand in the movie why Artemis falls in love with Parzival, and I really don't understand why Artemis gives up her entire quest. Because she's not Par- an actual character. Like, Parzival is the one. Right. She's for, a manic. Like, I mean, in a way, reason. she's like a manic pixie dream girl. She's like a flavor of manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. She doesn't have her own ambitions in the movie. She's just there to service. She's manic pixie Parzival. nerd girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, Which a, is thing. a thing. Read John Green. <laughs> oh god don't don't reach on green. oh burn how about that
am nervous with anticipation. Guys, we have to open these gifts or I'm going to die. Okay, but first, quickly, Mary, plug your bookstore. Yes. Oh, I totally missed this in the doc. Do it fast, Mary. I am really, I'm really excited to feature my local comic shop of choice, my favorite bookstore in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Bombshell Comics. Um, I have talked about how I love comics before, and I think I have gotten even more into comics since going to Bombshell because... And I talk about this a little bit in the blog post I wrote. Sometimes as a woman specifically, it's hard to feel included in these traditionally coded masculine nerd spaces. Um, And comic book shops have kind of been guilty of this in the past. Um, You know, women might go in, and this has happened to me, like, when in my old town I lived in, there was a comic shop, and every time I walked in, there were always a bunch of dudes, like, playing magic or playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I heard one of them audibly say once, a girl's here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I imagine it being, like, in the Western, where, like, the piano music's playing, and then, like, some stranger from out of town comes in, and, like, the yeah. music stops, and everyone, like, turns and the saloon and door just swings. <laughs> That's when it drops their glasses. The yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. But, and I, I first went to Bombshell thinking that was going to happen to me there, too, and I went to, like, solicit for a fundraiser. But Justin, the owner, from the second he saw me, was like, hey, how can I help you? What's up? Like, what's going on? Super friendly and nice. And he is there most of the time. He's the owner and operator. But there are knowledgeable, friendly staff that work there, too. But most of the time when I go, I see him. And he has always, like, treated what I purchase with respect He has always encouragingly suggested things he thinks I might like with, um, I mean, it's hard to convey. It's not like, I've never felt like, oh, you'd like this because it's a girly thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, I saw you like Saga. Maybe you would like this other comic that's coming out because you like this. You know, so like, it's always like really nice to go in and chat and feel welcome and included. They also are just really fantastic in terms of customer service. If you want something special that they don't have, they will order it for you, no problem, and have it quickly and call you when it comes in. You know, you can have a pull list. They also have an extensive selection of trades, which is typically what I buy. And also, unlike some comic book shops, they carry a lot of independent comics and also image comics, which isn't really independent, but it is a publisher that kind of privileges art and story in a way that Marvel and DC don't. So, all that is to say, they're awesome. May 5th is free comic book day. It's free comic book day around the country. So, wherever you are, you can go to your local comic book shop and participate. But, especially if you're in Hattiesburg, I encourage you to go to Bombshell Comics for free comic book day. They always have, like, tons of cool stuff and, like, pizza and huge sales. Wait, is and the it's pizza really free too? <laughs> the pizza is not free. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to have pizza this year, but in past years they've had pizza for sale. And there's always like a long line of people waiting to get in. And it's really an exciting time just to like hang out and nerd out with other people who sometimes can be a little hermited. So 
It's a fun time. Free comic book day is a fun time. And unfortunately, Bombshell doesn't do online orders yet. Hopefully one day they will in the future. But if you're in Hattiesburg or nearby Hattiesburg or passing through Hattiesburg, I encourage you to go to Bombshell and check them out. And, um, you know, if you're not in Hattiesburg, I encourage you to find your own local comic book store. Word. True that. Okay, oh it's God. finally time. <laughs> oh my I thought we could oh, open them in alphabetical thing. order. Does that is that cool with everyone? Yeah, that's great. Does that? Yeah, that's yes. fine. Okay. Does that mean I just I'm want pre- you to appreciate yes. how cute. I really went all out on that wrapping. Hey, our our, our listeners can't see that. I well, <laughs> Kelly. Kelly has wrapped my present very cutely in very colorful tissue paper and wrapped a pink ribbon. Also leopard print. Mine looks like diff. Also leopard print. Mine is in a cute bag. So we all figured out who we had, who got us, because there's only four of us. It's kind of hard not to. Yeah. We did Secret Santa, but when we exchanged the gifts, it wasn't secret anymore. Yeah. But we haven't opened them yet, so we're going to open them right now. I will say, Emily, open... The one in your hand first. This one? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do some ASMR things. And I kind of like that. Also, I want to note that the P also received a special Book Squad gift. Okay. Hi, this is Emily. I am about to open my Book Squad Gold birthday gifts. I will say first that the P, my cat, who I have resolved to talk about more often, is very <laughs> stripey. Um, he got a special gift, which is... Should I explain goop. this? It's, We've talked it's about the goop, goop on the podcast that he before. Really loves. It's a yeah. laxative. The We've listeners about know the all about before. the goop. It's a laxative, but it's he loves it. It's a maple treat. <laughs> he loves yeah. it. If you're it's a, a deep fan. cut, but like, yeah. if you're a, if you're a fan, listener, then you know <laughs> that the pea <laughs> loves his laxative. He's a laxative addict. Goop squad goals. But also, it tastes like maple syrup. It's goop squad goals. <laughs> but look, it's supposed to help him, like, not throw up so much because he does throw up a lot because, you know. Anyway. should get that so for Penelope. Got. Let's see what I got from Mary. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What is it? Is this a game? You have to describe it out loud because. Wait. Okay. <laughs> I will. So I got this thing called Unstable Unicorns because, as you know from my bio, because you pay attention to this stuff, I'm a unicorn enthusiast. So I'm just going to read the back really fast. Um. Okay, unstable unicorns. Learn how unstable your friendships really are. You start with a baby unicorn in your stable. So cute! But don't get too attached, because even baby unicorns aren't safe in this game. There are over 20 magical unicorns to collect, and each has a special power. Build your unicorn army as fast as you can, or be destroyed by one of your so-called friends. Seek revenge or protect your stable using your magic. Sound easy? Not so fast. Someone could have a nay card, get it? Nay. <laughs> and use the- <laughs> and send the game into madness. The first person to complete their unicorn army shall hereafter be known as the righteous ruler of all things magical, at least until the next game. Good luck. Wow. That's it awesome. seems it's so the art is by the people at Tea Turtle, if you've ever seen I love their Tea Turtle. It's like really cute. Yeah. And I've never played this game, but it seems like a deck building game about unicorns and what's not to love about that. <laughs> I love deck building games. Um so 
We will post a link to this game in the mm-hmm. show notes, as yes. well as any other things that are given as presents that you can get. That are linkable. Um, <laughs> I will say linkable. the that second part of this is an atonement for the last episode. An atonement what? for the last What happened in the last episode? Okay, so, oh yeah. Oh. Are if you guys listen to the podcast, everyone should know by now that I love Bill Murray, and it's the only Bill Murray. This is gonna this is gonna come up when we when on the quiz for the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, Bill Murray is the only person that I Emily have ever written a fan letter to when I was like eight years old. Um, so I love Bill Murray, um, and. What Mary has given me here is the bit, the big bad book of Bill Murray, a critical appreciation <laughs> of the world's finest actor. This is so exciting. Aww. It's oh like, I kind of glanced through it and it's got like all his movies in it. Movies he should have been in but wasn't <laughs> in. You mean like it's every got, like, movie? Stories of times he just like crashed parties. That's awesome. <laughs> no one will ever and believe And lots of you. pictures. <laughs> but um, so just as like an aside... And this is sort of like listener feedback. Uh, so in the last episode, I asked everyone to guess what my favorite '80s movies. And a lot of my friends that listened to the podcast texted We're me screaming separately and said, "I was screaming Ghostbusters the whole time." And I'm just like, I'm so thrilled that everybody knows that I love Ghostbusters. Oh, you're real I love friends. Bill Murray, like interesting. Yeah. Everyone so- except for us. <laughs> You guys were just like put on the spot. Yeah, like if you there was so much pressure because you were like, it's so obvious. It's like I know <laughs> that. Like literally, I watched Ghostbusters for the first time like live while you. messaging you on AIM because you made me. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, Kelly. If if we lived in the same town, I would have made you watch Ghostbusters with me, and I would have been like staring at you the whole time. Like, what do you think about <laughs> that part? For me to laugh at everyone. What about part? now? How about now? What do you think now? Yeah. I love Ghostbusters. That's it. Yay. Thank you, Mary, for my gift. Who's next to the alphabet? It's my telly. (gasps) So Susan got me. It is in a very cute floral bag. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. (laughs) There seems to be multiple... Items. I'm glad it all made it back on the plane. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was a little worried. I had to take out some of the tissue paper because it was like getting really luxurious. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I used to work at Bed Bath and Beyond. Like, I don't mean to brag, but so we oh learned how to like do some cool tissue paper things, and you know. Oh, oh my no, gosh! Susan, so there's my a card. tissue paper wasn't cool. I just shoved it in there. Sorry. <laughs> the card says America's <laughs> next top BFF is Kelly. Aww. Happy. Oh, I want to see. I want to see. Oh my gosh! This is. I feel like I shouldn't read this aloud. Should I? What do you think? Okay. It doesn't I matter. Lame. I, I mean, not it's not card. that personal, but... <laughs> okay. I don't think. What did I write? Maybe it's a love letter. Oh Emily, God, plug your like ears. All just sex terms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kelly, I was super jazzed when I drew your name because you are my newest BFF in the squad. Smiley face. I'm so happy this podcast brought us together because I think you're one of the coolest, most supportive, and all-around most badass people I know. In some of my shittiest times this past year, you were always right there, even from NYC. 
Thanks for the endless laughs, the constant support, and the unwavering patience. I love you. You are next level fierce. There's more on the back because I decided I wasn't finished. Oh, she also said, love Susan, but then wrote more on the back. Hi again. (laughs) 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 Also wanted to say thanks for all the hard work you do to keep this podcast going. We'd never have lasted a year without you. You're a rock star. Oh, Susan. I'm like a little (laughs) scary. It's really sweet and heartfelt. So sweet. Okay. I'm going to start opening things now. I'm, like, afraid that one of these tissue papers is going to be a thing. And I'm going to, like... Okay. (laughs) I think this is actually real. (laughs) I'm so nervous. Oh, my God. It's multiple things. Oh, my God, Susan. Okay. (gasps) So one is a really cute collagen animal mask that is, like, a little cat. Very on brand. Then there are some cute-as-fuck... Little cat earrings from Claire's, which is officially (laughs) extinct. So this is incredible. Thank you. This is like we will not be linking to that because you can't get it. Yeah, this is this is vintage, basically. Yeah, Yeah. and then an adorable, also from Claire, (laughs) um, cat sleeping mask. Yes, for the rest of the episode. But not over my Penelope eyes. Penelope will think you are now a cat. Yeah. Okay. Opening another thing now. Mm. Oh my god. <gasps> this. <laughs> this is a, a sequined notebook with a mermaid cat on yes. it. Yes. And it's oh. extremely cute. And if I go like this. Oh my gosh. And rub the sequins up. It says, mermaids have more fun. <laughs> it's true. I love things, sequin things like that, and I just get caught up rubbing them. Yeah, this is like... It's very soothing. I'm so taking this to work, and I'm just going to sit at my desk all day and like rub my hand back and forth. <laughs> Thank you. And then HR okay. gets called. And there appears to be one more thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm so pumped for this one. <laughs> oh my god. It's a porg mug. <laughs> it's a porg mug. Let's see. Look it. how cute okay, it is though. It's so cute. Okay, hold on. You'll want to drink out of his face for sure. I know. I'm gonna so take this to work. <gasps> it's so cute. Oh my gosh, I wanna see. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It's so fucking cute. Oh my god, it's so cute. This is the best. So sweet. Oh my god, Susan, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For all of this. And especially. Mary, I love you too. I didn't say that. (laughs) You got me unicorns and Bill Murray, which are my favorite thing. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Susan. It's Mary's turn. Um, Mary, I hope you don't have any slash all of these things. <laughs> I'm so scared. Okay. Like, I have to wait until the end for Susan to get her gifts. It sucks. Girl, it sucks for me, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll open the card. Yay. It is a nice 
moon watercolor (laughs) design. Dearest Mary, I am writing this with your pen. (laughs) I can see you right now. Oh, this was at the wedding? Yeah. yeah, Kelly and I went and picked out our cards together. Sorry, yeah. everyone. That's so great. I'm writing this with your pen. I feel so lucky that I've gotten to know you over the past year and a half-ish. You're hilarious, compassionate, generous, and kind in every way, which is especially impressive with you being a Slytherin. <laughs> You've introduced me to new things to love and introduced me to new things to you love, not new things <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck, Kelly? Things to love, and are one of the only people who shares my love of Riverdale. Yes, (laughs) and to the extent of my Oscar Isaac obsession, I feel hashtag blessed to call you my friend (laughs) till the end. I love you, your Virgo sister, Kelly. P.S. You are smart and pretty. (laughs) You guys, so cute. Stop it. I'm like seriously. I know. I'm gonna cry as soon as this is over. We're gonna hang up the call and we're gonna be like, (laughs) there is a small flat package on top. (laughs) Gotta gotta do some ASMR crinkles. Yeah. Oh. That's a story. By Xing Yin Core, a collection of very short comics that have deserts, animals, magical items, and I was like, those are I things love, Mary likes. I love all of these things, and the art is super cute. Oh, that is cool. We'll have to post pictures of yeah, that. we're gonna have to take a lot of Instagram pictures like, soon. It looks like watercolors to me. I don't know if you know this or knew this or just intuited no. this, but I love watercolors, and I watercolor paint a lot. Ooh, I feel that. like I must have known that, actually. I watercolor paint and embroider. Mm. P, didn't you know that? P says yes. There is a middle leopard print box. P's got spots. This is what I'm like worried about. I'm sorry, I hope you know. <sighs> this is special. <laughs> I told this you she didn't have one. that. <laughs> I know. It is a Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> and Kelly, you don't know this, but yesterday pop. Mary wrote a poem about Cheryl Blossom. <gasps> I did. Oh, I know. Would you Mary like me? Cheryl. Would you like me to read you my Cheryl Blossom? Yes. Poem? Yes, please. It's really short. Okay. Yes. Let's hear it. Cheryl. Cheryl Blossom. Oh, Cheryl. <laughs> In print, you look so innocent. Red hair and lips full, but not too full as to be scandalous. <laughs> Your clothes were just okay. Your attitude, something between a Betty and a Veronica. TV has aged you. (laughs) You, Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl of the red hair and the white dresses, both angel and devil wrapped in a high school mean girl shell. You never know what you want, and you want everything you don't have. You stir the shit and hold the grudges and make the world your playpen, but you move so fast. You go like everyone, and you like no one, and I worry they'll kill you, Cheryl. (laughs) They'll kill you, and they'll never know what you were worth. Y'all snap to that. We're climbing inside of you. (laughs) 
But yes, this is a Cheryl Blossom Funko Pop, and she is wearing her iconic red sweater plaid skirt outfit. I, like, walked into the store with the intention of getting Cheryl Blossom. I was like, they have, like, a thousand Funko Pops. I was like, I'm sure they'll have her. Literally, it was the first thing I saw. (laughs) She's the best one. Yeah. Like, I'm looking on the back at the other ones, and she's the best one. Like, who wants Archie? Come on. I know. I told you she didn't have that. Thank you. And the last... A little package. I don't have this either until from the back. This is another thing that I uh, I went to the store and I was looking at cute comics and I was like, this. Yeah! It is See You Next Tuesday. <laughs> what is that spell? By Jane May. <laughs> <laughs> um... So a quote on the back says, I hate Jane May. My favorite thing, the reason I read a little bit of it too, and I was like, this is really funny. But the yeah. reason I picked it up was because I looked at the back and the, the quotes on the back are just from her friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the blurb? says, I could throw Jane May like a pizza. Brian Lee. <laughs> Jane May's books are always sad, but I think this one is supposed to be funny. Also, this book is over 100 pages long, so of course it's good. <laughs> it's if know. I ever write a book, it's you guys are cute. doing that for me. Yes. Okay. And see who the publisher yeah, I mean, this seems like, I mean, I love comics that are, like, slice of life. Yes. And I love comics that are weird and that are, like, single author illustrator. I'm so pumped. Good. Yeah, I was like, you, I've, you get me. I figured those would be less, because like, I, I was like, oh, I could get her some kind of, like, Riverdale-related comic, but I was like, she probably has it. <laughs> I do. I have stories from Riverdale. Yes. So, I'm glad you like them, and I, well, I hope you like them after you read them. I'm sure I will. I'm so nervous about Susan's gifts because you guys, all these gifts were so perfect, and I just don't know if I can measure up. I don't believe that's true. (gasps) First of all, the card is on point. There are doggies on it, and they are wearing costume jewelry, and it's glittery. So, three points. So you have to keep that forever. (laughs) Susan, I'm so glad, underline, we're friends, and that we're on this podcast adventure together. You are awesome and smart and pretty and cool. I got you this MFM tote. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> because this is one of my favorite quotes from a serial killer lady ever. Also, I love this necklace. Oh, spoiler again. <laughs> so I got a matching one because friendship. I love you, Emily. Oh, my God. I Did, did I not say, is, it, so, is there something that is a friendship thing we can wear together? Yeah. Okay. No. Look, Susan, I was seriously looking for a friendship necklace, and I could not find one anywhere, so instead I got us matching necklaces, and I'm wearing mine right now, so as soon as you open it, I'll show it to you. Okay, tell them about the This is my favorite quote ever from the show, too. Um, yes. Yes, I the love The quote the here quote. is, triflers need not apply. Um, <laughs> so a serial killer, a female serial killer, one of the only ones, um, put that in a personal ad. <laughs> what was she looking Same. for though like someone to work at her she house was, it was like 
or no, no, it was like for a husband. Okay, yeah. And she said triflers need not apply. And I was, I think, look, that's probably out loud. Nice. I said yes. So my friend <laughs> Rachel has a has a triflers need not apply hat, and it's so cool. So I, I, was so so I just want to say, like, you're the one who introduced me to my favorite murder. <gasps> oh, good. So you're welcome. I felt like I needed to get you something my favorite murder related. Well, Emily, while we're on the topic, I've got tickets to the Atlanta show today, so I'm gonna need you to buy some too. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And my friendship necklace. It's a moon. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's a moon. And it's gold, which is my favorite. And I'm going to put it on right the fuck now. Yay! It's so dainty and cute. I'm all about the dainty jewels. Oh my god, I'm so happy. You guys, I love friendship necklaces, friendship bracelets, friendship pants, sisterhood of the traveling pants. I love any of that stuff. And so this is just like perfect for me. Friendship murder. I feel like all of these gifts are perfect. And I feel very... And all of them will be... All of these are going to be on Instagram. (sighs) Yeah. I feel so... Thank you, Emily. I love you. Sadly... I love you. Sadly, um, the Trifler's Need Not Apply tote, you can no longer get it because My Favorite Murder opened up a new store and they're not... Selling the Trivers need not apply stuff anymore, so vintage. I'll still take a picture it's, of it yeah. so you can be jealous. You can be jealous, but you can't have it. Don't be trifling though. Thank you, yeah. you guys, Don't be and also to everyone um, for listening to us for a year. Yeah, thanks, yes. yeah. and thank you for listening to us open presents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was it was fun for me. I love presents. I love giving presents. I love yes. getting presents. I feel slightly guilty I didn't give Emily a card. But you can okay. give me a card later yeah. if you want. Yeah, you can just later. whisper sweet nothings into her ear when you see her. You can because <laughs> you know you didn't give me a card, but you did go to lunch with me today. I did. Yeah, did none of us did that. A friendship. And then we went to Walgreens together and got lip smackers. Oh, oh my god. And I got a unicorn-themed lip smacker, and Emily was like, oh, unicorns. And in my head, I thought, you're getting a unicorn thing tonight. I need this unicorn. <laughs> yeah. No, I was fine with you getting it. I was like, you found it, so you can have it. I will just take this kitty lip smacker, because I also love kitties. I said that this afternoon. I was like, Jenny, I had a hard morning, so I got a unicorn lip smacker. And she was like, you're an adult. <laughs> exactly. So that means I can buy as many unicorn lip smackers as I want. Because I'm grown. Jen- Jenny bringing the reality is like my favorite form of Jenny. Yes, me too. Me too. Shout out to Jenny for bringing the reality. So much is on the blog. I have uh, done a the bookstore featured bookstore post for Bombshell Comics. You can find out more about them on the blog and see a really cute picture of me as a baby with my dad. So cute. cute. We also, as always, have Riverdale recaps. And the musical episode just happened, and I don't think Kelly has watched it yet, but oh wow, what a mess. I'm really looking forward to it. And that recap (laughs) should be up, I think. (laughs) Also, final ANTM recap. Yes. Where Susan's just mad the whole time. Susan, but not really the final, right? Because we're going to have sort of like a follow-up about like some of the shade. Yeah, we're going to have a, a dirt a dirt edition follow-up about some <gasps> shady so shit that went down. Um, 
Hopefully. Also, this isn't on here, but I'm supposed to be writing a blog tomorrow, so I just kind of decided while we were recording this what the blog was going to be about. Oh, what is it? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to write about Isle of Dogs since we did not get to podcast about it because I have some feelings. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm looking forward to reading that. And I'm going to try to find a lot of pictures because it's a really pretty movie. It's beautiful. Looking. So, yeah. <laughs> Marie about Isle of Dogs. Roger requests, since he couldn't record, that uh, you use a picture of him in the okay, blog. Okay, yes. You. Send me any pictures of pups that you Dog want in the blog, pups. and I will put them in there. Girl, be careful um, what I you wish for. I also wrote a post about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Yay. how much I love mm-hmm. the female characters on that show. I still need to watch it. It's mm-hmm. very good. I recommend it to everyone. If you like Parks and Rec, I can confidently say you will probably like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool. I can confidently yeah, say I you'll mean, probably like there is this the only thing is like either you like Andy Sandberg or you don't. So that's just that. Um yeah. I personally do. Anyway, I think that's about it for our blog post. So next, next time, time on the pod on the we're pod. gonna talk about a spooky movie. Spooky Unfriended. And it's going to be extra spooky because you guys might not know this, but we actually um, do a little like Google Hangouts Mm -hmm. to record these episodes. And it's going to be really creepy because Unfriended, if you don't know, is basically like it takes place in a Google Hangout. It's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. If you have not watched it's gonna be so meta. If you, like me, thought it would be trash, it's so brilliant. It's so bad. And you were I like, still haven't I'm seen it. That. It's not even like so bad it's good. It's like we good. stood in the parking lot for like 30 minutes and talked about it's... how we could make an academic panel. And instead, we're going to do a podcast about it. That's nerdy as fuck, Mary. Mm-hmm. I was there. <laughs> I did it too. Emily was there. <laughs> um, I know. Susan has not, is the only person here who hasn't seen it yet. So she's going to watch it. And I highly recommend that all of you listening, please just watch the movie. Find it on the internet somewhere. Rent it on watch iTunes. It. Watch it. Please watch it. Um, and you might be wondering, why are you guys doing Unfriended? That came out a really long time ago. And the answer is... Because every movie in the theater sucks right now. Well, also, yeah. we've been talking about Unfriended and possibly doing an Unfriended episode for a while because, like, just we love it. And we want to talk about it. And we want to force Susan to watch it. So this seemed like a good time. You don't have to force me at all. This is sounds like everything I like in one movie, Yay. so I'm pumped. It's perfect. I'm going to watch it again. For an extra horror it. effect, watch it on your computer. Yeah, be very awesome. I will be watching it on my computer, so <laughs> it's double And meta. then the next book we're reading, Station is- 11. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 11. Station 11, 11 by Emily St. John Mandel. We're sisters and first names. Oh, With special, with special guest, guest Todd. Todd, who is a man. He is a man. Todd... <laughs> Ask a Todd. A man, which is Ask what I wrote. Ask a Todd. I will say, almost a year ago, Todd requested for this book to be on the podcast. And he's patiently waited. Yes, this was Todd's special request. So that's <laughs> how long it takes when you make a request. We're like the world's worst we wedding We are so DJs. far planned ahead. Like, when we first started doing it, he requested <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like it's like you got to a karaoke bar yeah. at midnight and requested a song. Like we literally actually did that at Emily's bachelorette party. Yeah, and we didn't get to sing it. <laughs> it was like you're 35th in line. Like, oh, cool. Party. That won't take long.
Well, I sang a song, but I tried to do another one and it was, it didn't happen. I love that screen though. That would be like <laughs> in 35 people, you can go. Yeah. And the like, names are just scroll by. That's like 35 like, times five yeah. minutes each. That's a lot. I tried to do math in my head and then I was like, forget it. And then there were these assholes choosing like to sing songs from right? Chicago. Everybody were, like, was doing show tunes. And I'm like, nobody is here to discover you and put you, you on a three girl group. Tried to do Cell Block Tango with only two of them actually having ever heard Cell Block Tango. There were several problems. It was bad. I won't get into it right now. Anyway, thank thank you all for listening. Um, Please follow us on social media. We're Book Squad Goals on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Goodreads, kind of. Um, Also, BookSquadGoals.com. BookSquadGoals.com is our new website. Please, please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. <gasps> and don't forget about the giveaway, yes. guys. You yes. can win a copy of Moxie and a bunch of feminist goodies. All you have to mm-hmm. do is rate and review us and email us and tell us why you're a feminist. We want to read your feminist yeah. manifestos. And now we have an email podcast. address. It is the squad mm-hmm. at com. <gasps> is it really? The squad. I love it. Just like Yes. Guys, yeah. email that just so you can type it in. Just say <laughs> Just for fun. Just to have it in your address. <laughs> just be book. like, hey, the squad. Hey, the squad. What's up? Uh, Dear we the love squad. everyone mm-hmm. and each other. Group Bye. hug. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy podversary. Happy birthday. Uh, we did it. Okay. Bye, everybody.